I was thinking uh, Tegan's nine years old uh, being baptized today. I was nine years old when I gave my life to Jesus and was baptized. It kind of brought back memories this morning of, of uh, a long time ago. One of the passages this week that, that we read in our reading program uh, is from Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Jesus said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You know, being a follower of Jesus is not easy, is it? What's easy is being about ourself, to have things our way rather than his way. But where has that gotten us? To have things our way has gotten us nowhere fast. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 says, There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Our way, if it's not in correlation with his way, leads to death. And that's why I'm encouraging you as you read his scripture, his word to you every day, that you would pray to him, Lord, would you have your way in me? As I read your word, Father, help me to surrender my way for your way. Because my way leads to death, but your way leads to life. And I know that's easy to preach. And it's not so easy to live. But that's certainly what we need to be striving for. We need to be striving to have His way have precedence over our way. My daughter, uh, Rebecca, my youngest daughter, is married to a young preacher named Luke. And Luke graduates from Ozark Christian College in May. And for quite a long time, I have been praying that God would lead them to where He wants them to be. My fleshly nature, though, is saying, Lord, I want you to lead them wherever you want them to be, as long as it's close to Fort Scott. <laughs> I mean, we do that a lot of the time, don't we? we? We put an asterisk on our prayer to God, and we say, May your will be done, Father, as long as it stays in step with what I want. And we need to ask ourselves, who's the boss? Is he the boss or are we the boss? If he's the boss, then we are ready to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him wherever he leads us. And I pray that all of us will have that kind of willingness to follow Jesus. To be that kind of a Christ follower, that his way will become our way. We have been looking at our vision statement for 2017. I'd like to have that on our screen here and have you read it with me. Would you please? Empowering each other to relentlessly pursue the unchurched so that they become contagious followers of Jesus. And I I will again encourage you, if you have missed any of the 
previous sermons in January having to do with this vision statement that you would go to our church website, find those sermons there and listen to them simply because we want every member of our congregation to be on board with the direction that we are going. We want to go there together. And we want Him to lead us and help us as we go. We don't want a few going in this direction and and a few others going in this direction and and others going over here and maybe having some just standing still and going nowhere. Rather, we want everybody on the same page. We want everybody going in the same direction. We all are to relentlessly pursue the unchurched, In love, of course, we've talked about that. Love is our motivation for which we pursue the unchurched. We want them to know about Jesus. We want them to know the very best news that they could possibly ever know. That Jesus died on the cross for them. So we go after them. We relentlessly pursue them in love. And all of that starts in the prayer closet. We've talked about that as well. We pursue them so that they become a contagious follower of Jesus. Last week, I I mentioned to you and emphasized to you that, that we want people to become more than just converts to Jesus. We want them to become a contagious follower of Jesus. One who will will turn around and help somebody else to become a contagious follower of Jesus. The truth is, if we want to help someone else become a contagious follower of Jesus, then we have to be a contagious follower of Jesus too. Another term that you might hear us refer to as we go through these months ahead is the term CrossFit Christian. And that's a term that our staff has come up with. We have a few members in our congregation who are a part of the CrossFit program downtown. And from what I'm hearing from them, that is quite a rigorous workout, an exercise. And you might, you might say it this way. It is a buffeting of one's body. Notice how I pronounce that word, buffeting. I did not say buffeting. You know, you note the difference. We kind of like to buffet our body, don't we? In other words, we like to eat. We don't want to push away from the table unless it's to get up and go through the buffet line again. But that can eventually catch up with us and it can have an adverse effect against us. Cindy, my wife, has been looking at old pictures recently, going through them, getting rid of a lot of pictures, saying, you know, I don't want to leave this to my kids to have to do after we're gone, so I'm going to do it now and uh, just get rid of a lot of pictures. And so it's been kind of fun as she's looking through pictures. She'll be, hey, look at this one. And uh, this last week she showed me a picture of me 30 years ago. And I looked at that picture and I said, who's that skinny guy? And she had the nerve to say, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know who he is. The picture is proof that I've buffeted my body too many times. Tis better to buffet our body 
As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, But I buffet my body and bring it into bondage. That's the American Standard Version. The New American Standard Bible translates it this way, But I discipline my body and make it my slave. The New Living Translation says it this way, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. You want to know the truth? We need to have some discipline in our spiritual lives. Paul said to Timothy that bodily discipline profits us a little bit. But godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Now that's not a knock on bodily discipline. All of us could stand to have a little bit of bodily discipline. It profits us some, Paul said. But to invest into the discipline of our spiritual lives, now that is an investment that all of us need to do and that... As we do that, we will benefit from it, not only in the present life, but in the life to come. For all eternity, we will benefit from that. And with that in mind, we have come up with eight disciplines that if we give attention to them, we will become a what we might call a CrossFit Christian, I have them listed for you on the board. These eight, I'm going to look at each of them individually this morning. But, but just take a look at the, the list as a whole. Going, praying, reading, studying, understanding, serving, loving, and giving. These are the topics for the next eight months that we'll be looking at. One for each month to come. As I mentioned to you last week, if you would like to learn a little bit more about each of these topics, more than what you will get on a Sunday morning, you can fill out your insert there in the bulletin. Give us your contact information and in the months to come, we will then contact you through email uh, or however that group leader sets it up. We will contact you and just give to you some things to think about. And we're not going to overwhelm you at all with information. It will simply be something short and sweet uh, through the week. Something, Say, for instance, you choose the, the, I want to learn more about going in February. Then, as the month of February comes upon us, you will hear from one of the staff members about the subject of going. And we'll just simply give you something to think about. We will try to sharpen you in this area of going. I, I, I was thinking about how in, in my uh, realm of, of, of the world, as, I, as I'm through the summer mowing my yard, if I mow it several times, say five or six times, then I'm pulling that lawnmower into the garage and I'm getting underneath it and I'm taking the, the uh, blade off and I'm putting it on the grinder and I'm sharpening it. Uh, That's simply what we want to do with each of you, is to sharpen you in these particular areas, these eight disciplines. And over a period of eight months, you would have signed up for all eight disciplines and become a more CrossFit Christian. Let me 
look at the first one, going. I'm just going to give you to you a brief synopsis of each of these points this morning. Going, uh, the discipline of going, Jesus has commanded us to go. Note, he did not command us to sit idle. He did tell his disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit. But then as they received the Holy Spirit, he had a command for them. And the command was to go into all the world and make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is one of those disciplines that we sometimes want to excuse ourselves from, isn't it? I mean, if we're honest with each other this morning, it's easy for us to excuse ourselves from going. I mean, there's other people that are more qualified than what I am, we say. Let somebody else go. I can't go. I don't want, I don't know what to say. Somebody else can do it better than me. I'm not very eloquent. I'm afraid to go. Do those excuses sound familiar to you from your reading this last week? Who gave such excuses as what I just said? Moses did. He's at the burning bush and God calls him to go into Egypt and deliver the Hebrew people from slavery. And Moses had five excuses that he rattled off before God. I just don't want to go, God, he said. But his excuses did not detour God's plan. God had a plan that he wanted Moses to go. Long story short, Moses went. God used him. And he can use you and he can use me if we'll just be willing to go with the gospel. And it may not be to a a foreign world that he calls us to go to with the gospel. But I bet it may be across the backyard fence that he might call us to go with the good news of Jesus. Or to the person whom we work with, to the person whom we go to school with. To our family member who lives under the same roof as what we do. Or maybe across the state. He wants us to go with the gospel. And his love should be the the compelling force for us to go. We need to lay aside our excuses and concentrate more on the fact that he will be with us as we go And as He is willing to use us, that we'll just be His. Lord, use me. Use me. Let's look at the second discipline. The discipline of praying. And I am amazed at the number of scriptures that we can see in reference to Jesus praying. Mark one thirty five says, Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He went out to a lonely place and was praying there. Luke 5.16, But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Luke 6.12, It was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray. And he spent the entire night in prayer to God. My question is simply this. If Jesus needed to pray, how much more do we need 
to pray. And what a blessing it is to get to know our Heavenly Father. And what a difference our prayers can make. James 5.16 says, The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. If you exercise the discipline of praying, it's going to change your life. And you will become a more cross-fit Christian. Let me give to you the third discipline, that of reading. And we've talked a lot about that over this whole month of January. In fact, I, it, I think it's making a difference in our lives. We've given away 350 Bibles. And we've ordered 40 more. And I noticed the stack out there this morning. There's nowhere near 40 there. And so several of them have already been taken. This could change our whole church. If we will stay with this discipline. And certainly it will change our individual lives. If we stay with this discipline. And I want to encourage you to stay in there. Don't let Satan distract you from reading God's Word. Stay on course. And let His Word convict you and comfort you and guide you. His Word will give you peace. It will give to you joy and wisdom. His Word is sweeter than honey, the psalmist said. And it's more precious than silver or gold. And as you read His Word, it, it may have an effect upon other people's lives. I had, a, I had a fellow this morning, Kenton Cowan, telling me that Hey, I I just had a great week, had something good happen. I was reading uh, God's Word at my workplace. He he drives a concrete truck. Sometimes there's some downtime waiting for the next load to go out. He says, whenever I got a, a, a downtime, I'm reading God's Word. He's sitting there at his desk reading the Scripture, and one of his co-workers starts talking to him about it and asking questions, and he finds out about this Read Through the Bible program. And uh, he says, man, I'd like one of those. <laughs> and so Kenton's getting him a Bible today and taking it to him. He's going to start reading. It, 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 it will make a difference in your life. It can make a difference in somebody else's life. It is an amazing book, this Bible is. Just, I, I was thinking about just in the last few weeks, the use of this book. I've used it to give guidance to someone in their marriage. I've used it to help someone in their finances. I've used it to give comfort to someone who was getting ready to go in for brain surgery. I've used it to give comfort or encouragement to someone who is stepping out on faith and starting their own business. I've used it to give hope to someone who just lost their loved one. I've used it to help someone find the pathway towards forgiveness. I've used it to give instruction to a young couple who's preparing for marriage this spring. Can you tell me of any other book in the world that is equipped to help people in that wide span of life. This book is the book 
of all books, and it introduces us to the God of all gods. You read it. It will bless you over and over again. Number four, the discipline of studying. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. The King James Version says it this way, Study to show thyself approved unto God. Studying the Bible is going a step deeper than just reading the Bible. The Bereans in Acts chapter 17 were known for examining the Scriptures daily. The word examine there in that passage of Scripture means to investigate, to inquire, to scrutinize, to sift. It's Abby in the, in the crime lab of NCIS using forensics to crack a case and find out who the murderer is. Except in this case, it's the Bible student who is scrutinizing the Scripture. He or she is examining the Scripture to figure out what God is trying to say to us. As deep as you want to go with this book, the well is deeper and it will never run dry. It's like a deep, deep well that you draw water out of it. It just You just can't ever pull enough water out of it that the well gives out. It's a treasure chest of wisdom if we'll just discipline ourselves to get into it. I was really, really encouraged this last Monday night. I was meeting with a group of guys and I referenced a passage without saying to them where the passage was. And I noticed one of the guys grabbed his Bible and he started turning and he turned right to the page and put his finger on on the verse that I had referenced. I didn't tell him that it was in this particular passage. He knew where it was already and so he turned He turned to that page, he looked up at me, he had a big smile on his face, and he put his finger on it, and he said, yeah, there it is right there, I've got it marked already. And so I I presented a, a question, a theological question to this group of guys, because I was needing some feedback, I was needing some answers, some help with the answer to this theological question. And as I ask the question, the same guy quotes me a passage of Scripture answering the question. And then he turns in his Bible to another passage of Scripture that he knew where it was. He couldn't quote it to me, but he turned right to it and he put his finger on it and says, listen to this. And he reads me the passage of Scripture. And I'm going, whoa. (laughs) This guy's been studying his Bible. This guy's a Bible student. He knows the Word of God. And I looked at his Bible. His pages were worn. The binding wasn't holding all the pages in place anymore. I noticed it to be a well-used book. He is a student of the Word. And you know what? We need more students of God's Word. People who know the book. People who live by the book. 
What's sad on the other end is when you have a person who's been a Christian for years and years and years and they have no familiarity with the Bible whatsoever. You know why? Because they've never dug into it. You know, it's one thing to be brand new in the faith and not be familiar with the, with the Scripture. It's quite another thing to have been in the faith for years and still not know the Scripture. And I simply want to challenge you, whichever end of that spectrum you were on, wherever you were at, whether you're new in the faith or you've been in the faith for a long time, I want to challenge you to become a student of God's Word. Get familiar with the book. And, and the, better, the better time is now. Don't worry about the past. And you know, Maybe you have goofed. Maybe you have been lazy. Maybe you haven't been in the Word like you should have. Thank God for His grace. But now is the time to become a better student of God's Word. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, handling accurately the Word of truth. How about the discipline of understanding? The Holy Spirit is going to help us with that. As the Spirit is dwelling inside of us, one of His promises to us, one of His functions within us is to help us understand the Word of God better. When we get to this section of sermons, probably in August of this year, we're going to learn that there is such a thing as sound doctrine. There is such a thing as sound doctrine. And that means there is such a thing as unsound doctrine. And we need to know which is which. My daughter Rebecca works at a bank. And over the months that she has worked there, there's been some counterfeit bills come through, she has said. And it's important that, that one, that she learns the difference between those counterfeit bills and the ones that are real. If she doesn't learn that, then it's not going to be good for her or for the bank. And it would be an even worse thing. Hear me say this. It would be an even worse thing if you and I don't recognize the truth from the counterfeit when it comes to doctrine. Because false doctrine, if it gets far enough away from the truth. If it gets far enough away from the truth, false doctrine can lead us to hell. Okay? So it's very important that we know the difference between that which is true and that which is not true. Understanding. We need it. Number six, the discipline of serving. And obviously, Jesus has called us to be His servants. He has said, the greatest in the kingdom is the one who, what? Serves. The greatest in the kingdom is the one who serves. We need to learn more about what that means, and we need to put it into practice. 
The church can never have too many servants. So, we're going to learn about the discipline of serving. Number seven, the discipline of loving. We'll talk about this discipline in April of this year. And we'll have another Love Does Day. Simply because I don't want us just to talk about love. We need to, we need to put it into action. We need to live love out. And the Love Does Day is a good way for us as a group just to, to really work hard at showing love to the community all together as a congregation. But it needs to be a whole lot more than that. It, of course, it needs to be every day that we are showing love to our neighbor. By this you will know that all men are my disciples, Jesus said, if you love one another. And finally, the discipline of giving. Did you know that this is a distinguishing mark of a disciple of Jesus too? By this, all men will know, Jesus said, that as you give up your own possessions, this is a mark of a disciple. And we'll learn about that here as the fall comes. God has called us to discipline. He has called us to be what, what we might say a cross-fit Christian or a contagious Christian who will help others become contagious Christians. And I hope you're ready for that. I hope you're ready for that challenge. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, help us to to hear your word. Help us to have ears to hear hearts to do. And would you grow us, Father? Would you strengthen our spiritual bodies? We need you. We, we love you. And we anticipate your Holy Spirit working in us, sharpening us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me, let me mention to you too, not just as we sing the invitation today, but for the months to come, I would love it. I would absolutely love it if you would begin to view this front as an altar an altar that you could come and kneel at the altar and pray to God. That when you hear a message on the subject of going and the Holy Spirit is prompting you and sharpening you in this area and, and you feel led to come to the front and just pray that you could do that comfortably and that others would... I, I would love it if the whole front would just be filled with people who's in whom the Holy Spirit has been working and moving in their hearts. Whether it's about the subject of going or the subject of giving. Lord, I want to be a more giving person. I want to have my eyes open and see people's needs. And I want to have hands that would reach into my pockets and be freely giving. God, would you move in me? 
And serving and loving in each of these topics that we're going to look at. We'll look at one topic for a whole month. If God is moving in you, feel free to come to the front and kneel and pray. You don't have to talk to me or or any of the guys or gals that might be on the side. They'll still be there. If you need someone to pray with you, they're there. And and I'm here to talk to you and pray with you. And if you have a decision to, to say yes to Jesus for the first time or I want my membership in the church, come. We want you to do that. But we want you to feel free to come and pray. And commit to being a disciplined person in Jesus Christ.